There were a few statements that were made on Sunday, week six of the NFL season, which teams were making them. One of them, the Arizona Cardinals, without head coach Cliff Kingsbury, and with their top defensive players, Chandler Jones, remaining unbeaten on the road against the Cleveland Browns. And could Dak and Dallas outlast Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, and the New England Patriots in overtime in the latest on Dak's injured leg? And also your winless teams, the Detroit or Jacksonville, find their way to the win column. We're answering all of that on today's edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Brock. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Fire it up. Yes, it is a Monday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast, which, of course, is free across all platforms, including our new YouTube channel, which you have to check out. Please subscribe for incredible daily content. That content is about to be taken to another level. Actually, it's already on its way. We have a new Locked On NFL insider, Isaiah Stanbeck, Super Bowl champion. He's giving you his insights and all the league's biggest stories. So make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. You're getting alerts every time we drop any content. We've got a big episode on tap for you today. It was a wild week six. I mean, it's been an incredible five weeks of the NFL season thus far. 19 games through five weeks have been decided, either in the final minute or overtime. That's the most through five weeks of action in NFL history where we've seen so many uh, dramatic moments. I mean, 60-plus yard field goals that are banging off the uprights and through. Uh, Justin Tucker against the Detroit Lions. We've seen a coach cry because of some bad beats. It's uh, It's been a wild ride so far in week six. Did not disappoint. I believe what we have three overtime games on Sunday alone. We'll get into all those contests. But, uh, you know, for a second straight week, the NFL was across the pond and playing in the UK in London as the Jacksonville Jaguars. They take on a one-win Miami Dolphins team. Wednesdays, you can hear this guy, Tony Wiggins, of course, with James Rapian. They break down the biggest stories in the NFL, start to gear you up for that next week's games. And over this weekend, on week six, the early game from London, it took the Jags going international to pull off their first victory of 2021. And to talk about it, Locked On Jags, of course, Locked On NFL host, Tony Wiggins. And Tony, you know, what does this do for Urban Meyer? What does this do for the organization going forward to finally get that notch on their belt of a W? Well, it just takes some of the pressure off. Uh, uh, some of that had been alleviated anyway with John Gruden, you know, because Urban was in the news and then all of a sudden John Gruden gets in the news. So uh, people had sort of backed off of it a little bit. But everyone around here was just looking for the streak to end. And, um, Kudos to the players, though. The players have worked extremely hard, and, and you know, we, we joke around a lot, but we know these coaches pour a lot into these these guys, and and they really want them to have success. So it just felt good to me to have the 20-game losing streak broken and for the fans to finally have something on Sunday night to rejoice for instead of just wondering when it was going to be over. So the Jags win 23-20. Trevor Lawrence, top pick in the 2021 draft, takes care of the football in this contest, 319 through the air, touchdown. Uh, looked pretty impressive. James Robinson continues to be that key cog in the run game, 73 yards and a touchdown. You know, there were so many expectations for both of the teams in this contest. The Jags, new coaching staff, 
top pick. You've got the Miami Dolphins, you know, coming off 10 wins and not making the playoffs last year. Who's been, which team, in your opinion, has been the most disappointing out of the gates here in 2021? Um, I would say Miami. And, and the reason why is because, uh, you know, they were really close to making the playoffs last year. And uh, many people thought that with uh, multiple first-round picks, a lot of draft capital, that they were going to be pushing forward to make a move. But I warned people. I said um, they had too many things that happened that shouldn't happen, like signing a bunch of guys for one year and letting them go. Just because you don't have salary cap ramifications doesn't mean that signing Kyle Van Noy for one year and then letting him go and then signing and drafting Minka Fitzpatrick and letting him go. Just because those things seem like they weren't big deals, they are because they don't really have an identity and they don't have any continuity. And uh, they got a lot of nice little pieces. But uh, quite frankly, they were playing without their two best corners today. And the expectation of, for Miami was way higher than it was for Jacksonville. I think the disappointing thing about Jacksonville is the reasons why they haven't been good. Urban Meyer has been the guy getting all of the uh, attention for not uh, paying attention to details and not flying back with his team. And that's not what we expected from Urban. We expected Urban to be a CEO program builder. So the fact that he was the problem is, is what's, what's has, what has been really shocking because he was brought here to be the solution. Yeah. Last question for Tony Wiggins. I highly recommend you check out Locked on Jags today and the rest of the week after the first victory of the season for Urban and Trevor Lawrence. Did this team turn the corner at all on Sunday? Did they figure anything out to make life a little bit easier going forward? I think they did, and what they figured out was anything is possible, especially when you have a, a a dance partner. You can actually avoid making mistakes and turning the ball over, which they only had one turnover on a strip sack. But if you do that and you play long enough and you keep the other team out there long enough, those teams will make their own share of mistakes sometimes, especially when they're not very good. So they know now that they know what it feels like to win. They got close against Cincinnati. And I think the biggest thing, and I saw this and no one's really mentioned it, and I'm going to mention it on my show when I record it. On that last drive, Trevor came into the huddle and he went like this. All right, everybody. That's yeah. a rookie. That is a rookie. And Marvin Jones gave him a game ball uh, in the locker room on a, on a touchdown that Marvin Jones caught. He gave him a game ball and said, this is the first of many. The key is, is not only was he the first pick and got all of these accolades as a not can't miss player. Bo, here's the thing. They believe in him, not just yep. the fans, not just people who want him to be great. Those players look at him like he's the sheriff, and uh, that that's a good thing. For those who aren't watching on YouTube, you're listening to the podcast here, Tony, just kind of doing – Trevor Lawrence was telling everybody to kind of calm down. Calm down. Mm -hmm. He was that calming influence at the young age that he is, but in that huddle, he is that calming influence. He is that guy that everybody's looking towards to uh, kind of lead them. And uh, looks like a leader is emerging. Jags get their first victory. Tony's talking about it all today on Locked on Jags. Check it out. And of course, follow him on Twitter at Shop Talking Wig. Tony, thanks, man. It's always fun to catch up. All right, Bo. See you later. So the Jags avoid the defeated season after losing 20 straight games. Let's take a look at the earlier games on this week six NFL slate. You want to tell you about a simple way to get all your entertainment that you love without the hassle, it's DirecTV Stream. It brings you live TV and all your on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no, no uh, lock-in annual contracts. So stop waiting around to get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com.
It was a big time statement in week six of the NFL season. Season there was a couple of them, but one in particular that uh, you know I just did not see coming. We'll get into that contest. It was part of the earlier matchups, and let's start to look at some of those as uh, we roll on here on the Lockdown NFL Podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can kind of see our scoreboard here. The LA Rams just absolutely crushed the New York Giants, 38 to 11. The Rams collecting their second straight victory after topping the Giants, 38 11 from East Rutherford. Matthew Stafford threw for 251, four touchdowns, did have a pick. Cooper Cup caught nine passes for 130 yards, two scores. Daryl Henderson Jr. carried the ball 21 times for 78 yards and a score. Henderson also added a touchdown reception. The Rams defense combined for three picks, including two courtesy of safety Taylor Rapp. Daniel Jones completed 29 for 51, 242 yards, three picks. Xavier McKinney had two interceptions for the Giants, who are still without a win at home. L.A. improves to 5-1. and one. The G-Men slipped to 1-5. and five. It was Aaron Rodgers scoring a six-yard rushing touchdown late in the fourth quarter to seal a 24-14 Packers win over the Bears in Chicago. It was kind of a rubber-meets-the-road situation where you had Justin Fields was the only rookie quarterback with a winning record, but Aaron Rodgers was 5-0 and against NFC North rookies, and that continued. He's now 6-0. and Rodgers passed for 195 yards, two scores in the air, and the one on the ground for Green Bay's fifth straight win. Aaron Jones, 110 total yards and a receiving touchdown on defense. The Packers registered four sacks and an interception against Justin Fields. The Packers are in first place in the NFC North with a 5-1 and record. Fields had 174 passing yards. TD pass, the pick, and the loss. Khalil Herbert, he uh, rushed for 97 yards and a touchdown. The Bears are tied with Minnesota for second place in the NFC North at 3-3. Three and three. The Minnesota Vikings, they outlasted the Carolina Panthers in overtime. An exciting contest. The Vikings, they take out Sam Darnold and crew 34-28. Kirk Cousins, 373 yards through the air, three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, 140 yards on the ground and a rushing score. And in defeat, Sam Darnold, 207, a touchdown, a pick to Hubbard, a touchdown on the ground. And the Cincinnati Bengals, they the Detroit Lions a little less dramatic this time around. Bengals win 34-11. It was uh, the Lions now with the win for the Jags. They are the owners of the NFL's longest active losing streak. Joe Burrow threw for 271, three scores. Bengals blasted the winless Lions 34-11. As I said, Lions have dropped 10 straight, dating back to last season, and now on the longest skid in the league. The uh, Joe Mixon, he finished with 153 total yards. He had a receiving score for the Bengals, who improved the 4-2, and two, one of the surprise teams early on here. Jared Goff, 28 for 42, 202 through the air. He had a pick. It was uh, Dan Campbell not crying after the loss, but he also said that they need more. And I'm paraphrasing from Jared Goff basically uh, going forward as Detroit's now 0-6. DeAndre Swift ran for the lone score for Detroit on the afternoon in the fourth quarter, but ended with just 24 yards in the setback. Uh, looking at more of your earlier games today or on Sunday, the Indianapolis Colts all over the Houston Texans. 31-3, Carson Wentz, 223 through the air, two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor, 145 yards and two rushing scores. His uh, great season continues. The Texans, Davis Mills, the rookie, 243 through the air, two picks. Brandon Cooks having a good season for Houston that's struggling. Uh, they've now lost five straight. 
after the winning their season opener against Jacksonville. Brandon Cooks having a good season despite the struggles for his team. Nine catches, 89 yards. And it was the Kansas City Chiefs finally bouncing back after losing three straight games, beating Washington football team 31-13 as the team honored Sean Taylor. Patrick Mahomes, 397 yards, two touchdowns. He did turn the ball over two more times, two more picks for Mahomes. Darrell Williams, two touchdowns. Taylor Heineke, 182 yards in the air, a pick. Ricky Seals-Jones was on the receiving end of his lone touchdown toss. It is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock. Check us out on YouTube if you haven't done so already. Subscribe, get it set up for alerts, because each time we drop some content, you're going to want to miss it. We have a new Locked On NFL insider, Isaiah Stanbeck, Super Bowl champion, and he's dropping videos on the biggest stories across the NFL. So the early games, it was, uh, you know, week six did not disappoint, but there was a statement that I think was made in the early games. It was made by the Baltimore Ravens as they had the Los Angeles Chargers, one of the hottest teams in the league come to town with the hottest quarterback at the helm and Justin Herbert, and they shut him down. I bring on from Locked On Ravens, Kevin Ostriker. He joins us here on the Locked On NFL podcast. And that's my first question for you, Kevin. Was this a statement game made by the Baltimore Ravens winning 34-6 over the Los Angeles Chargers? Yeah, Bo, there were multiple statements, I think, made by this Ravens team in this game. I mean, for one... I have to talk about the defense. This defensive unit has struggled in some areas for sure throughout these first five weeks of the 2021 season. You mentioned it. Justin Herbert, one of the hottest, if not the hottest quarterbacks coming into this game. The Ravens limited the Chargers offense just 4.4 yards per pass, 2.2 yards per carry. I mean, this was an insane performance by a defense that had struggled defending the air game. And with Mike Williams, who was a little bit hurt, to be fair, but Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, you have a bunch of weapons there. This defense stepped up in a big way and really made Justin Herbert uncomfortable. The Ravens defense can be really tough for young quarterbacks. And this being Justin Herbert's first time facing this Baltimore defense, I think it was a bit of a struggle, especially with all the blitzes Don Martindale ended up putting together in this one. And then on the offensive side of the ball, Lamar Jackson has been masterful and his stats in this game, you know, didn't really show that. Like if you're looking at pure box score stats, you're not going to see how well Jackson played. Did have two interceptions in this one. One of them bounced off of Rashad Bateman. That was not his fault whatsoever. One of them was, but Jackson only throwing for 167 yards. They didn't need him a ton though, because the run game was so on. Now the Chargers do have the League worst rushing defense, but the Ravens averaged 4.9 yards per carry, especially after losing J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. It was very nice to see. So the statement overall that I think this team made is that they are true contenders in the AFC, the true contenders throughout the NFL. And despite the injuries, they are still here to stay and still ready to compete for a Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't think anybody can deny that. And maybe we'll get into some talking points that have been there and surrounded this organization since Lamar Jackson and the team emerged a couple seasons ago. And if they're still there and if they're still relevant, but first, I want to talk about, you know, Ron Martindale, their defensive coordinator. You mentioned him. And what has he been able to do since week one, the loss, the lone loss for this Ravens squad against the Vegas Raiders? You know, they haven't exactly been a, uh, you know, a defense that's been making, just been dominant. But they dominated on Sunday. What, what's what's kind of evolved? Yeah, well, Martindale has had to adjust based off of opponents. Now, with Martindale's defense, it's a very complex defense to learn for any player. Back when Earl Thomas was in Baltimore, he was having trouble picking up on that defense. But there are leaders all across the board now. Now, they did lose one in Marcus Peters. That's a pretty big loss, all things considered. But they have Chuck Clark playing at a very high level. Anthony Averett, outside of his Week 5 game against Indianapolis, has played very well. Also, Clay's Campbell playing at an all-world level. 
But for Martindale, for example, against Kansas City in week two, you have a team and in, in a player in Patrick Mahomes who you just can't blitz if you want to win the game for the most part. Now, what Martindale did was he sent delayed blitzes and kind of spied Mahomes a bit. So when Mahomes would step up in that pocket, they would have somebody there to cover for it. And so against this Los Angeles defense, I really think it was being aggressive on the on the part of Don Martindale and what he was able to do the week one game against Las Vegas. He was sending a lot of blitzes, some cover zero in there as well. And the Ravens just weren't getting pressure. They, they've been getting pressure over these last couple of weeks. And that's really helped defenses or the Ravens defense in particular get off to a fast start and continue that momentum throughout the entire game. So the old talking points I kind of mentioned, I mean, we, you hear them as far as Lamar Jackson, his ability to make all the throws always in question. You know, can they, is there a glass ceiling with this team? You know, the wide receivers, what, do you think that the Ravens have done a good job through six weeks of the NFL season to answer some of those critics and criticism? Well, yeah, I abs- yeah, I absolutely do, Bo. I think that with what the Ravens have brought to the table this year, a lot of the people looked at the injuries and they said, well, this team can't compete anymore with losing Dobbins and Edwards and Peters, and their ceiling was maybe a first-round exit. But with Lamar Jackson, his his, uh, his evolving as a passer, what he's done to evolve as a passer has been phenomenal so far this year. The deep ball accuracy has improved. Throwing outside the numbers, he's kind of shut that down a bit, and he's proven those critics wrong. So it's just every single talking point that people bring up about him in particular – but also about this team, the wide receivers for Jackson, Marquise Brown is having a great year this year. Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews. They're, they're getting healthy a bit. They did lose Sammy Watkins. With Watkins, you always have to be worried of that injury history. But Bateman, Rashad Bateman, their first-round pick has come back. So they're starting to get a bit healthy. Hopefully Watkins is back soon and Ronnie Stanley and Nick Boyle and some of those other guys. But all of a sudden, you have a team that is silencing critics each and every week, whether it's Jackson himself or the offense or the defense. And we're now seeing a team that is hungry, that is resilient, and a team that comes out and competes each and every week and has done a great job so far. I mean, they're 5-1. and one. More insight on the statement game and this Ravens team on today's Locked On Ravens from Kevin Ostriker. Of course, follow my Twitter, at KOstriker34. Kevin, always fun to catch up, man. Yeah, Bo, thanks so much. It was a blast. If you thought the early games were legit, then you'll appreciate what happened the rest of week six on Sunday in the NFL. A couple more overtimes were headed your way. I'll tell you, if Dak and Dallas were able to outlast the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. Got to tell you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet, though. I'm talking about Built Bar. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors you can always rely upon, and it tastes like a candy bar. But it is a protein bar. You don't cut any corners as far as nutrition. There's nine delicious flavors, as I said. Cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. Find out what your favorite flavor is. You can get a mix box at Built.com. And as I said, it's healthy. It's tasty. Those worlds collide. You can get them. They've got 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and also 4 grams of net carbs. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You can save yourself 15% off on your next order. That's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. I also want to tell you about betonline.ag. Hopefully, you're a big winner on Sunday from the week six action because BetOnline's back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron. Teams are back for another football season. And BetOnline's your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. With new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. And they've got a great sign-up bonus for you right now. 
If you head over to the website or on your cell, you sign up today, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Bet Online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. A big thank you to everybody that tunes into the Lockdown NFL podcast, and it's their first listen each and every day, wherever you listen to podcasts, or if you're checking us out on our YouTube channel. Big wins happened in the later games of the, uh, Sunday of week six in the NFL season. Let's get to those. The Arizona Cardinals, they were facing probably the most adversity that they faced all season long, and uh, they did not back down, and they came out and absolutely just crushed the Cleveland Browns 37 37- to 14. Kyler Murray, 229 in the air, four touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins on the receiving end of two of those TDs. Baker Mayfield looked like he suffered a non-throwing shoulder injury in this contest, ended up finishing the game. He threw for 232, two touchdowns and a pick. He did not have his starting running back, Kareem Hunt. I mentioned the Arizona Cardinals. They didn't have their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Positive test. Same thing for their, one of their top defensive players in Chandler Jones. They also didn't have their starting center, Rodney Hudson, who had uh, who's missing... He's actually on the injury reserve with a rib injury. But the Arizona Cardinals, regardless, they continue to stay hot out of the gates. They're 6-0. They'll take on the Houston Texans in Week 7 of the NFL season. There were tons of big wins in Week 6 of the NFL season, but uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find one bigger than what happened in the later games. The Los Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Denver Broncos in an AFC West showdown. will bring on Locked On Raiders host your boy Q. Of course, you hear him here on Fridays on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Q, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining me. And uh, how big of a win was this with you know everything that's gone down in Sin City around this organization for this team to get back on track with a big win over a division opponent? Oh, it was huge. It really was. I mean, the Raiders, first of all, were on a two-game losing streak, so just a snap, that was big. But like you mentioned, man, everything that that's going on off the field, everything that was going on with John Gruden and the team trying to refocus, and, and they got a lot of football games still to play. So for Rich Bisaccia to take over as the interim head coach, uh, the Raiders travel to Denver, a division rival, like you mentioned, both tied for second. I mean, there's so much uh, riding on this game. And for the Raiders to go out there and really put their will on the Broncos, I mean, they really dominated the game throughout the whole course. Now, I know the score will reflect like it was a little bit closer than probably it should have been, but it really wasn't that close. I mean, the defense played well. Uh, Derek Carr and the offense played well. Special teams did a good job. I mean, all in all, that was probably one of the best victories and the best-looking uh, game I've seen all season from the Silver and Black. So uh, that was a big win for them coming off the week that they had prior. Yeah, you said it. 34-24, the final score, not real uh, indicative of how this game was dominated by the silver and black. You had three picks from Teddy Bridgewater and a bunch of sacks of Bridgewater. Was it five sacks of Teddy yeah. Bridgewater? And then Derek Carr balling out 341, two touchdowns in the air. We saw Mike Mayock come out, have a press conference after Gruden resigned. Uh, Derek Carr obviously has been vocal for a long time. Who's the leader of this organization right now? Man, that's a good question, you know, and especially because Mark Davis never addressed the 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 fans. You know, I didn't think he had to address us, the media. I, I thought he had to address the fans, and he didn't do that. So uh, that's a good question. You know, I, I think really the leadership is on the field, and I think you saw it on Sunday. I think Derek Carr is one of the big leaders of the team. I think Max Crosby, who had three sacks on Sunday, I think he's a big leader of the team. He's a fan favorite, but he also gets it. And then a, another guy I'll, I'll point out is Darren Waller. Darren Waller, for everything he's gone through uh, in his career, being a practice squad guy with the Ravens when John Gruden and, and, and Greg Olson, they found him, and then they brought him to the silver and black. 
he knows what it's like to go through adversity. So one of the things that he said during his press conference early in the week was that, you know, hey, that what John Gruden said was wrong. Uh, everything that rolled out was wrong. But, you know, I, I, I think we need to kind of have some kind of, uh, you know, like blessings on him and we need to, you know, pray for him and have his back and and just, you know, be there for him as a man because we all make mistakes especially a guy like Darren Waller who had been suspended multiple times from the league. So I, I, I thought that was really like meant a lot that, that a guy like Darren Waller was like, Hey man, look, no, none of us are perfect. I'm a great example of it. He just humbled himself and said, Hey, I'm an example. We're not perfect, uh, but we'll get on. And so uh, the team did get on. And I know somewhere John Gruden's probably fired up and pumped up about the, the win. Um, you know, there's been multiple reports I've heard about him. Uh, since he's been no longer with the team, just kind of walking around the neighborhood. Even in the broadcast, it was funny. They said that Derek Carr rolled up on him one day. He was walking around the neighborhood, and uh, and Derek Carr said, hey, coach, you need a ride? And he said, no, Derek, keep driving. You got more work to do. And so I was just like, I mean, it was just, it was kind of cool. You know, it was almost one of those emotional moments when I heard that. I was like, wow. You know, yeah. it's just like a human to a human instead of a coach to a, a player. So um, that was pretty cool as well. It's 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 just wild to think about a John Gruden wandering around aimlessly just with his yep. thoughts after all of this in the desert there in Las Vegas. Pretty crazy to think about. Darren Waller, five catches, 59 yards. It truly faced adversity, true adversity, you know, not between the lines, but drug addiction, all those things. Uh, I think that's a great point. You know, it's uh, looking at the schedule coming up for the Raiders, Eagles, Giants, you know, a couple more opportunities for this team to continue to get back on track, Hugh. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, right now they're sitting there tied for first place. You know, I mean, you think about it, and Kansas City is usually the one that you think is going to run the AFC West. And right now, I mean, it's the Chargers and the Raiders at top. And then you've got a couple teams sitting there at 3-3 three and three and the Broncos and the Chiefs. So, very competitive division. But the Raiders have opportunities. Like you mentioned, the Eagles, they've only won two games. The Giants, I mean, I don't have to go into great detail. They're just not a very good team. So, if they go and handle their business – it, then they can be looking at a, a, you know, a good scenario. But again, it's the NFL. It's week to week, and you've got to go handle your business. It's, it's not an easy win at all uh, for any game, any team at all. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, not, a, not a bad way to start the Rich Passaccia era with a nice, a nice win on the road against Denver. No doubt about it. More insight on that. And of course, those games coming up on this edition of Locked on Raiders. It's available for you wherever you find podcasts. And of, uh, on the other side, picking up the pieces, Cody Rourke talking about what happened with the Broncos on that side of the of the sidelines. Boy Q, follow him on Twitter at your boy Q254. And of course, listen to him here on Fridays with Christopher Carter on Locked on NFL. Q, thanks, man. Absolutely. And Christopher Carter never knows what he's talking about. So just listen to me. Chris Carter don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Best rivalries in the game right now. Chris Carter and your boy Q. Yes, don't miss Fridays here. There was a big game in the afternoon from some perennial big names, big teams. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots taking on the Dallas Cowboys who were uh, looking for win number five in a row. And they got it. Overtime it took to beat the Pats 35-29 in a Herculean effort. As always, it seems, week in and week out by their quarterback, Dak Prescott. We bring on from Lockdown Cowboys, Landon McCool. He joins us here on the Lockdown NFL podcast. And Landon, um, you know, it, it just seems to be like week in, week out. We see another impressive, just unbelievable performance from Dak Prescott. Goes over the 400-yard passing mark and leads this team to victory. What did you see from the Cowboys to get their first win? over Bill Belichick all time whatever it takes you know I mean that's the thing is that it felt like the Cowboys were beating themselves 
It felt like the the refs were beating up on him. It felt like the Pats were beating up on him. It, but it it also felt like the Cowboys' offense had such gravity around it that it was it was the deciding factor in this game, and, and that ultimately, uh, not to do too many physics references, that entropy would would kind of win out, and that and that eventually that things would kind of even out. Uh, you know, they had a bunch of bad bounces, and then it felt like eventually they kind of were able to stabilize things a little bit. Uh, but you know, it's 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 such a hard thing to beat a Bill Belichick coach team. You just have to play, either you have to play perfect, or you have to be good enough to overcome uh, another team playing perfect when you make mistakes, and and that's a really hard thing to do in the NFL. I want to get to the Dak uh, injury. We called that he was in a walking boot after the game. But uh, first one, I mean, this has just been a marathon. I mean, hard knocks team, Hall of Fame game. It seems like this Dallas Cowboys team has been going nonstop since the beginning of August. They had the extra preseason game, finally getting into the bye week. They were able to bounce back from the season opening loss and haven't looked back five straight wins at five and one going to their bye week. Uh, you know, is is this where you expected them to be? And how big was it to pull this one out, grind this one out, and that one kind of slipped through their hands against the New England? You know, honestly, I think there were with the Cowboys, it's always a spectrum. You know, it's it's always like, yeah, they could potentially be, you know, the ty- type of team that comes into the, the bye week at five and one, but they could easily be the team that that somehow fumbled away for you know five of those games and was one in five. So uh, I think, you know, we had confidence uh, in, in Dak in the offense going into the season. I know that there was a lot of talk nationally about the injury situation, but, you know, people close to the team felt confident that he was healthy and ready to play. So uh, I think there was a high level of confidence going in. But, I mean, the Cowboys <laughs> have notoriously been burned there before and, and have had high confidence going into seasons and had it fall apart in front of them many times. And, and frankly, you know, there's been multiple times during the season where, it felt like it was going to fall apart again. They, they had a really bad streak with COVID stuff. They've had some injuries and, and, you know, they still have some guys on injured reserve that they're still waiting to bring back, including their second round pick DeMarcus and, and DeMarcus Lawrence has, has been out. Uh, and Neville Gallimore, who is eventually, who is a, a, a supposed to be their starting three technique. All these guys haven't even played a snap really, or have played very few snaps if they have for the Cowboys this year. So uh, there's a chance that this team could be better on the other side of the bye. But I think, it was one of those things where trust but verify, you know, with the Cowboys as always. And I think that's what we're seeing is that maybe they are good enough to actually kind of do something different this year as opposed to uh, just be a, a fool's gold situation. Still waiting for that defense to kind of uh, come around. I mean, sustainability, five and one. Is it is it sustainable, especially when you're going to face some better teams, obviously, December and January, for this team to continue to win games? With that defense, yeah, yeah. I mean, for you know, for the Cowboys, to be honest, the schedule gets a kind of gets a little bit easier here. You know, eventually that they're back loaded with the NFC East, and if you watch any football today, uh, I think they won their games. They lost their games by a combined fifty-one points just this just today. So, uh, you know, the Cowboys have a schedule that is favorable to them to be able to be, be able to compete for that number one seed if they can kind of keep it up. You know, I think you mentioned the defense isn't sustainable. You know, right now what they've been able to sustain is that they can make plays, you know, and, and, and that when the, when the big times uh, arrive, uh, they, they can actually make the play. Now the question is, 
can they stop the play? It's like you get the pick six to seal the game, uh, you, know, you think to seal the game in this game, and then suddenly you turn around and give uh, uh, whatever 57-yard touchdown to, to yeah. whatever it was, you know, to kind of put them right back in it. So, uh, you know, like I said, the Cowboys are hoping for a couple of guys to get back and hopefully provide some stability at, at certain positions. Uh, but but I think even the defense uh, for the Cowboys fans and, and people that have paid attention has played well above expectations. And I and I think even if they can't you know maintain this high level of uh, of turnovers, you you hope that they can at least keep some level of turnovers and not just go back down to zero, which is what we feel like we've seen for years and years and years with the Cowboys defense. Yeah, the pick six you're mentioning, uh, Trayvon Diggs, uh, his unreal season continues. Was that his his seventh interception of the season? Uh, just a, a unreal pace, you know, and emerging in his second season out of Alabama. And then we mentioned Dak Prescott. As far as the the uh, his leg, w- w- any concern? I mean, obviously the week off is going to help. What uh, what's the? You're you're not a doctor, but I need the <laughs> diagnosis. Uh, I, I'm not a doctor, but I will tell you that he will be out exactly. No, I, I have no idea. I mean, you know, he had a he had a boot on uh, yeah. in the post game press conference, but that, that's mostly precautionary. He has an MRI on Monday, which everybody uh, has like a default freak out mode whenever Dak gets an MRI. But the Cowboys actually own an MRI machine, so that's it's not like such a big deal. Like he's not being checked into the hospital, so. You know, it's it's tough. It's it, 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 the Cowboys fandom. I'm sure will vacillate somewhere between absolute panic and absolute. This is no big deal. And I'm sure the truth lies somewhere between. But they are calling it a strain. Um, you know, like I said, they do have the week off. So you hope that we'll get positive news. And then on the other side of it, it's just something that he may have to deal with early on and, until it goes away. But you know, we've we've also seen these things linger. And we've we've you know we've got a guy on the team who missed six weeks. Uh, uh, because of a calf strain and Michael Gallup, I, different positions, obviously, but you know, you still, you just never know with these lower body injuries. Every guy's different. Yeah, no doubt about it. A lot easier to kind of freak out about, you know, what's going on with Dak following a win and not a loss that uh, slipped through your fingertips there. Big W for Dallas to improve to five and one. Landon McCool, Marcus Mosier locked on Cowboys. They're talking about it. They're talking about it all week. They're uh, going to enjoy some time off at least uh, come next Sunday because the Cowboys won't be playing. It's much deserved. Thanks, Landon. Thanks, Bill. One final game to tell you about. It was the Pittsburgh Steelers winning in overtime over the Seattle Seahawks 23-20. to You had uh, some late dramatics to send that to overtime, a couple dueling field goals. And one, the, the final of regulation was the Seahawks getting it done, but then crucial overtime fumble by Geno Smith set, you know, set up by TJ Watt, who is an absolute animal out there. Monster day for TJ Watt, who was a reeking, just wreaking havoc on the Seahawks and Geno Smith, uh, helping the Pittsburgh Steelers even the record to three and three. Seattle dropped to two and four, and with Russell Wilson on the IR, got to imagine that uh, things looking pretty bleak for the Seahawks as they, uh, you know, could they get back to five hundred at this point? without their starting quarterback, you know, that streak of not having, you know, any less than nine wins season under Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll looks like it uh, could potentially fall in 2021. One more game on the slate in week six is tonight, Monday night football, Buffalo in Tennessee, couple 2020 playoff teams, Bills, a lot of people saying are the best team in the NFL, Josh Allen, Derrick Henry, worth the price of just turning on Monday Night Football tonight. And, of course, Luke Braun 
He'll be breaking it down on tomorrow's edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Don't believe he'll be joined by his co-host, Ross Jackson. Big uh, congratulations to Ross as he gets married during the Saints bye week. Of course, Ross, the Locked On Saints host. And um, send him a big congratulations on uh, on Twitter, if you want, at Ross Jackson Nola. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock, at B-O-B-R-A-C-K on Twitter. Of course, follow us at Locked On Networks. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Make Peacock and Williamson your second listen after making the Lockdown NFL podcast. Your first listen, Peacock and Williamson, continuing your stroll around the NFL with a national perspective. And, of course, Matt Williamson, former NFL scout, giving you insight that you're not going to be able to find anywhere else. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Enjoy your week. I'm your Monday host. I'll talk to you next week on the Lockdown NFL podcast.